1: Joining Shy and I today is Michelle Evans. Michelle has over 20 years of marketing strategy experience with a number of major companies and today works with business owners large and small to help them go from simply surviving to being predictably sold out. Our topic today aligns with marketing funnels, what they are, how to create them, and optimize them for stellar results. Good morning, Michelle. Welcome to Business Owners Radio
0: for having me
1: on. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you this morning. And Michelle, you've been in the marketing sector in major companies like Microsoft, as well as working in smaller businesses of all sizes. What have you found missing when it comes to marketing their products and services?
0: Craig, that's such a great question. It really is. And I have to be really honest, like I'm going to be raising my hand as I'm talking about some of the things that are missing today, because it's really easy to get sucked into a cool new thing to do, right? And so what I see a lot of businesses doing is they have a way to get in front of people, right? They might have something free that they're giving away or they speak a lot or whatever. And then they want to jump straight from that sort of get-to-know-you stage straight to the sales piece. But there's this huge gulf in between. And that's where people's marketing really tends to fall apart And again, like I'm raising my hand there too, because when I first went out on my own in business, I made the same mistake and it can really hamper your business growth. It can really hamper your ability to connect with people. And so I know we're going to be talking a lot about that today, but that's probably the number one thing that I see.
1: There's so much there and there's so many businesses and there's so many products and services and so many different marketing channels today. Can you tell us some of the guidelines that you've been looking at regarding plotting their course to get to their targeted audience?
0: Yeah, that again, another great question. I love this. One of the things that I think is really, really important for people is to understand their business personality. So if it's a business like your business where it's really, you know, a couple personalities or if it's a business like mine where it's me or if it's a bigger business like Microsoft what is the tone and the feeling and the personality of your business? I think that's one of the first things to really kind of draw a line in the sand about is this is who we are. This is what I stand for. This is what my business is about. This is how I'm going to communicate because one thing that people do is they see your business doing really well and you have a certain personality and a certain style and a certain approach. And they think, Oh, well, if I just emulate that, I'll be successful as well. But our business personality or my personality is really different. And so it doesn't work. And then they think, oh, marketing doesn't work. But it really comes down to knowing who you are. Have you ever found that?
1: Oh, yeah. There's so much there from the standpoint of it's so easy to emulate another company that you really like the way they do what they're doing. But what they're doing in product or service may be so far different from where you're approaching or even the market space and target audience that they're going for. So I agree. Really knowing where you fit in the market spectrum, not only in what you have for product and service, but where is that audience and how do I get there and how do I align with them may be totally different.
0: Yeah, 100%. And that's why one person can share something that's going really well for them. But you have to know yourself and your business enough to be able to say, okay, these three pieces will work, but those three pieces won't for us.
1: Along those lines, where do you start with a customer that thinks they have it down, but their marketing's been totally ineffective, and they have limited money, maybe, um, which usually comes up? What's your thoughts? How does it roll for you?
0: So if somebody comes to me and they've tried some marketing efforts that just aren't working, I mean, a lot of times they'll usually say, I hate marketing and marketing just doesn't work for us. We need to figure out a way to get clients in the door. And I'll usually start by saying, okay, help me understand what you've been doing. What does your marketing approach look like? And a lot of times when it's not working, it's because it's sort of this, I've had clients describe it as, you know, throwing marketing spaghetti at the wall. It's like, oh, you know, I heard somebody talk about speaking is the thing, or I heard somebody talk about Facebook ads is the thing. Or, you know, social media, you know, any number of things, right? And they're just like sort of tossing all these spaghetti noodles at the wall and nothing is sticking. But nothing's sticking because there isn't a cohesive strategy. It's just like, well, let's try, you know, $100 worth of Facebook ads. Oh, that didn't work. Let's try speaking. Oh, that didn't work. You know, there's no consistency and there's no real approach of saying, okay, who am I serving? What's the problem that they have? And how am I going to meet them at that problem and lay out a path for why I'm the solution they're looking for? And when I talk to people about that, and when I break it down to their specific business, they get these ah ahas. They're like, oh my gosh, that's exactly why it's not working. But it can seem really overwhelming because all people talk about when they're talking about marketing stuff, they're talking about the end result. They're talking about the thing that they did. But that thing is never going to be successful unless you back it up and anchor it in a problem that your audience actually has.
2: Michelle, you talked about a key item there, right? Which is understanding the problem that your customer has. Why is it that so many businesses lose sight of this?
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. So there's this great book that's called Made to Stick. Have you ever read it, Shai?
2: Sure. Love the Heath brothers. I've read all their stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when I was at Microsoft, we actually had a whole course built around this book. And there's this concept called the curse of knowledge. I'm sure you're very familiar with it.
2: Oh, yeah. It's got something to do with an apple and a tree and a snake, right?
0: (laughs) Okay, that's a different curse of knowledge. Oh, okay. Um, This curse of knowledge is we get so close and fall so in love with all the details and all the learning that we have about our subject matter or a product or our offer that we forget what it's like to not be immersed in that all day, every day, right? And so we go out with this good intention, but we go out and we try to basically intellectualize why people should buy what we buy. And we forget that nobody wants to buy a feature. You know, when I was at Microsoft, we dealt with this all the time. Nobody cares about the feature piece. What they want to know is how is this going to really help and impact my life? And it doesn't matter if you're selling vitamins. It doesn't matter if you're selling coaching services. It doesn't matter if you're selling computers or software or whatever. You are selling to people who wake up every day and have something that's on their mind that they're struggling with or that they wish could be better or whatever. And you need to tap into that in order to get their attention.
2: That's yeah, so true. You know, and I think it's funny, you know. I'm thinking about Microsoft and especially we see this in tech companies, that culturally have a lot of engineers, right? Computer Mm -hmm. scientists and other engineers and very technical people. And if you're delivering a product that's technical, whether it's a tech product or not, but if it's very technical and you yourself maybe have an engineering background, man, you know, engineers are so guilty of this, which is really getting into their product and all of the features they've engineered into it and why it's so much better than other things. And what can happen is you really lose touch with what the consumer is actually going to do with it and what they want to do with it. And I think we've all experienced like this, the idea of feature creep where there's a product that we love and we use and does something really well. And then they update it and the menu gets completely changed around. And now there's like new things that we don't care about, but we can't figure out how to do the one thing we used to do all the time. And you're like, what happened here?
0: Yes, 100%. And it gets even worse when you then try to just sell those upgraded features. And it's like, no, you know, we have specific things that we need to do. And you were talking specifically about consumers. And sometimes people feel like selling business to business is different. And I just want to put out there, I don't think it actually is. And I've sold both B2C and B2B. And you're still talking to people.
2: I could not agree with you more. It's the same deal. And so I think, you know, you really touched on a fundamental here, which is that where this all starts, regardless of what system you're using for your marketing, where it all starts is clearly identifying why your customers are buying and understanding that that may change from time to time. Their needs are going to change Their problems are going to change from time to time. And also keeping an eye to the marketplace to see, you know, what are my competitors doing? And how do I really know that I'm delivering this better or in a way that's unique or significantly different enough that they're going to choose me?
0: Yes. And it can't just be because of some fancy commercials or a jingle or something like that. It has to fundamentally speak to values, to desires, to are you relatable or are you prestige? That's again, why you have to understand where you fit in, what your business personality is, because then it helps you make decisions about how you're going to talk to people, where you're going to market yourself, how you're going to do that. Everything really hinges on who are you and who are you serving.
2: So it sounds like this is where you start. You jump in with the business and first get a real understanding of who their best customer is and how they create value for that customer.
0: Exactly. Yes. And not just how they create value for that customer, because that's definitely an important component. But what are the beliefs that we need to build into that customer so that they can clearly see the value that you have and how that relates to what they're trying to do? And that's a lot to talk about. So we can break
2: it down a bit if you'd like. Yeah, no doubt. I think what would be cool is if we talked about, again, from where you first start with a customer and then How do you go about designing a marketing funnel? And what do you see that's wrong right now, you know, in your typical engagements when you come in and and where would this start? So what are some steps that the business owner could take?
0: So we already started with, you need to identify your audience, right? And you need to identify where they're at where are the people that you're trying to serve? Where are they at? Are they at conferences? Are they hanging out on Facebook? Are they hanging out on LinkedIn? Are they reading specific publications? Like where are they hanging out? And I think that that's really, really important to know because again, it helps you make decisions about what you should be focused on. If people are primarily Googling things about you, well, that helps you understand where maybe you should put some of your focus, but you know, if your people are primarily reached through industry publications and conferences, again, helps you make decisions about what makes sense for your marketing. And once you do that, then it's really time to get out in front of them and start warming them up. Now, I wouldn't do this until I had a marketing funnel in place, but we'll just walk through how this works. And when you warm them up, you're doing things just like this podcast, right? You're putting ideas, you're putting blog posts, you're putting speeches, you're putting whatever out there to get your ideas out there and to really connect with your audience about a pain that they have. And then you can invite them to find out more from you. And for many people, what they do is they start out at the invite them more, which is actually the third step And so they'll put together some free stuff. They'll put together a webinar or a PDF or a video series or, you know, who knows what, a speech. And they'll just be inviting people in and wondering why it's not working. Well, why it's not working is because they skipped the first two steps. Maybe they don't know where their audience is, so they're talking to the wrong audience. Or maybe they haven't warmed them up. So their audience doesn't even realize that they have something for them. And they're just saying, you know, either sign up here, come to our event, you know, whatever. And people are just going, I don't even know why I would want to engage with you.
2: (laughs) Exactly. So what are the steps that they're missing to help them grease the skids, as we say, to make that happen?
0: Yeah. I think the number one thing is to know where your people are hanging out. Because if you're talking to the wrong people, it does not matter how great your marketing is. It's not going to work because they don't have the problem that you're talking about. And so they're like, okay, that sounds great, but I'm not interested. And that's just not worth our time or effort. So that's the number one. But number two, warming people up. So a lot of business owners really underestimate the value of warming people up. Because they want to get straight to the transaction. Like, let's figure out if we're going to work together or not, right? And if you don't warm people up and you don't help them see the vision for what your offer could do for them, if you don't help them hear from other people who maybe are singing your praises and talking about how much your offer has helped them, if they are not intrigued about what the outcome could be of your offer then it's really hard to kind of drag them along the rest of your marketing. But if they're already intrigued, they already say, okay, this sounds kind of like what I'm looking for. Tell me more. That is a game changer in terms of marketing and growing your business because now you're not dragging people along. You're inviting them forward and they're willingly coming with you because they're like, okay, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. Okay, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. And that is really the purpose of a marketing funnel, is to lay that foundation so that people are saying, okay, that kind of sounds like what we're looking for. I need to learn a little bit more. And you just bring them along until they get to a point where they can make the decision, is this right for us or not?
2: And can you give us an example of a client maybe that you worked with that deployed this approach?
0: Yeah, so a few years back, I had a client come to me, and she was a really well-known industry expert. She sells chiefly to chief technology officers and chief information officers, so high-level C-suite, and she was constantly being asked to give industry talks at conferences, to be on panels, to write opinion pieces about new technology coming out, all sorts of stuff. And she came to me and she's like, Michelle, I've done all of this work to get known, to be seen as a credible expert, and I'm constantly being invited. She goes, but it's really hard to turn all of this opportunity into business. What am I doing wrong? And I took a look at her upcoming talk and I said, how are you laying the foundation for people to move forward with you? Like you're just putting a lot of information out there, but how are you helping them see how this is going to impact them and their organization? And how are you inviting them to go deeper with you? And she was like, I'm not, I'm just putting it out there and hoping that they call me or give me their business card. And so we work together to kind of rework her talk a little bit, but then we also put just a really simple marketing funnel in place. It was just a PDF download that went along with her talk. So really easy to do. And then about two weeks after her talk, she was hosting a webinar where she could go deeper and set the stage even further than she could from a main stage event. And she called me about eight weeks after this thing went live. And she told me that number one, she had more deals in her pipeline than she had ever had in her entire business. And she'd been on her own in business for, I think, like seven or eight years And number two, she had already closed more business in that eight weeks than she had in the previous 12 months. And these are big deals. These are usually not fast deals. And then about six months later, she said, everything has completely changed. And really, it's because she knew already where her people were. She previously had been kind of inundating them with her knowledge instead of warming them up and inviting them in. So that's what we switched. She was warming people up with the idea of what transformation was possible with what she was representing. And then she was inviting them to come further, download the PDF. And then a couple weeks later, join me at this webinar where I could go even deeper. I can set the stage for why my offer is important, how it's going to solve what your company's facing and why you want to work with me. And then when she had sales calls after that, People were inviting her to come in and saying, yes, we want to get going, like give us a proposal. And she was just blown away at how changing it from showing everybody how smart she was to showing everybody how she could solve their problem, how it fundamentally shifted her business. And it just grew like crazy.
1: Michelle, what kind of technologies are we talking about in implementing the various phases of the marketing funnel?
0: That's a really, really good question because a lot of people think that marketing funnels need to be super techy and super complicated. And I actually, I know this is going to sound funny coming from somebody with a background in tech, but I actually think the simpler, the better. I think you can always complicate things later, but when you're first starting out, it's really best to start simple. And like with the client that I was just talking to you about, you know, we put her funnel in place, I think maybe two and a half, maybe three years ago. And it's shifted a little bit because the technology that she sells has shifted, but the fundamentals of it have not shifted. And so the technology that I use in my own business is ClickFunnels and autoresponder or a place where you can build an email list is called an autoresponder of active campaign. And so those two together just work so well. And you can make all the pages that you need and you can take people through this process with those two systems. And so What I always tell people is start as simple as you can, make sure that works, and then you can always add more on later.
1: And then there's those companies that, you know, I'm not an online company. I have widgets. How can I get involved with online and are my clients really going to respond there?
0: Yeah, well, I would say it's fine if you're not an online company, although I would guess that people are probably going to search for you to see what they can find about you. So why not meet them there? All the clients that I've ever worked with that have physical businesses or that sell physical products, they still have some online component, a a website or something where people can come find them and learn more about what they have. And so even if you don't primarily sell through an online channel, there's no reason you can't still use those same principles. If you think back to the 70s, do you remember Columbia House Record Company and BMG oh, yeah. Music? Do you remember those guys?
1: Yeah, sure, oh, yeah. that yeah, was from of the early ages of almost online marketing, but you had the bingo cards and the magazines and stuff. Yep,
0: yep. Okay, that's a marketing funnel. <laughs> I mean, it's not the same kind that I would talk about doing today, but it certainly was. It was offering you something in exchange for continuing to engage with you, right? And it's the same principle and it's been around forever. In fact, back in the 50s, even, they would have like these quizzes that you could do and you could send away for your results in the mail the fundamental concept of a marketing funnel is really just to open the door to conversation and to open the door to why what you have is really valuable. And so if I hear a business say, "No, we're not an online company, we're a physical company or we're an in-person company, I'm like, yeah, but your people are online. I guarantee it.
1: That's a great point. It's just figuring out what the right channel Where they are, as you said, where do I find them? Where are they hanging out? And that tends to be a large challenge. Do you suggest things like surveys or hanging out with some of their client base? What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, and if you have a client base, having a survey is probably one of the most powerful things that you can do. And asking the right questions so that you're not overwhelming them or asking for information that you're not going to really do anything with. But asking the right questions about where did you find us? How do you engage with us? If you were to recommend our product or service or program to a friend, how would you do that? And just open the door to what are people saying? And you might find that you have two or three groups of similar kinds of people. And that's fine. That gives you great insight. You could ask them, you know, if you were to go find some information about whatever your product or service is, where would you go? And then you can really start to understand. And a lot of times we think that we know our audience, but when we open the door and ask a question and let them tell us, a lot of times we're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And so it's really a powerful way. Now, if you don't have a good customer base already, one way that I really love to do this is to have what I call mini offers, M-I-N-I, where you go out to a couple different audience groups. So go out to Facebook, or maybe you go to a local networking event, and you have like these little baby offers that you have, and just see what people respond to with it. And these are offers, I like to say that between maybe $7 up to maybe $197, somewhere in there. And they don't take you hardly any time or effort to put together, but they can be really valuable to somebody else. So For example, I have, this is not for sale right now, but when I was testing this out for my own business, I wanted to see if people would value having me do a video review of their marketing. And so I put out this mini offer. It was $197 and I put it out in a couple different places. And then I paid attention to where people were coming from and who responded the best to it. And that helped me understand where my people were and what they valued. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, yeah. It's almost like those who are in fishing, as an example. You're trying different lures, you're trying out what works, you know, to see what the response levels are and the old A and B testing but never stopping that testing, always reaching out and trying different methodologies on a small scale to see what the response is and if it opens up a new door for you. I like that.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, Michelle, we really appreciate you being on the show today and sharing some valuable information with us.
0: Thanks so much for having me, both of you.
1: It's been a pleasure. And I wonder if there's anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners.
0: You know, often when I go on a show where I talk about marketing funnels, people say, okay, that's interesting, but what would that look like for my business? And so I've gotten this question so much that I've actually put together a quiz that people can take that takes you through a few simple questions. And then it'll tell you which marketing funnel would work right for your business based on your goals and what kind of business you have. And then I also give some video training as well.
1: Our guest today has been Michelle Evans, business marketing funnel strategy expert you can learn more about michelle as well as find links to her website and offer of a marketing funnel quiz on our website at businessownersradio.com this episode has been sponsored by Align for business that's aligned the number 4, business.com
0: thank you for joining us on business owners radio we hope you enjoyed today's show As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show. And of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.